Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And this is our podcast where we cover business in the news with our business legal twist and also answer some of your business legal questions that you can send at ask at legallysoundsmartbusiness.com and dot pizza when that comes. <laughs> uh, I think we've said that enough now. I don't know. The joke might be. No, it's not a joke. I just want to get used to saying it when, when we true. do get it. That's true. At some point, I guess one of us is actually going to have to look up if that's even going to become a thing, if it's actually going to... No, it is. I think you thought I was joking this past few episodes, but I've been looking it up. I don't know the exact date that it's coming out. Like you said, you can pre-register them right now, but it's Dot Pizza is coming, and it's coming to a podcast near you. I'm just skeptical, and this is actually a very nice tie-in to our first story, or our story here, because it's about something that you never think will happen, but you just keep hearing about it, and the hype is all there. Of course, I'm talking about (laughs) Dr. Dre's most recent album that was supposed to come out every day for the last 10 years and hasn't, but you see the tie-in there? This is nice, because we're talking about Beats by Dre, how they just (laughs) got bought. It's it's official now. The the story came out a couple weeks ago, but Apple just purchased... Is Beats by Dre, Beats Beats Electronics, I think is the actual name, Beats, whatever you want to call it, Beats Audio Hardware, Beats Music, $3 billion purchase. So it's $2.6 billion in cash, $400 million in stock. The price tag is one thing that's really interesting. But two, Apple's really not known for buying well-known companies, at least well-known to the general public. So this seems like a different type of acquisition for them as opposed to their normal, we're just going to buy up technology, companies that are doing really well, something we really like, especially because from what I can tell, (laughs) Apple has a lot of these things already in place. So it's a different type of acquisition, I think. It is interesting because their headphones are pretty iconic. In fact, I would say some people would argue that the Apple headphones beats beats. (laughs) How'd you like that? I just kept thinking about that office where I think Jim's making fun of Dwight saying Beats, Beats, Battlestar Galactica or something like that. that. But anyway, different type of beats. Different type of beats. But nonetheless, I think people are confused by the acquisition as well because it's not normal. But I started looking more into this story. But what's interesting is that in the inception of this Beats concept where this guy named Lamar, I think that's his last name. He actually came up with the concept, okay, let's design a headphones that are backed by some kind of celebrity and got up and started talking with Dr. Dre and so forth and went to this designer that the owner or partner was actually a former designer of Apple. And because of that, very early, this is back in 2006 even, there was some contact between the Apple retail VP and this company. And there were some lawsuits regarding that with this design company later on that's kind of irrelevant to that. But What's interesting is that back in 2006, Apple was in contact with this company. And here we are a number of years later where Apple's buying them for $3 billion. Yeah. And I mentioned the price. A lot of people have been talking about that. They think it's outrageous, but I looked a little bit more into the numbers. So the cash reserves of Beats is $150 billion. Keep in mind that the purchase price was $3 billion. And then the estimated annual sales of Beats last year, $2 billion. 
And it's also barely over 1% of Apple's 171 billion revenue last year. So I don't, like I said, people are really obsessing over this purchase price. But, you know, if you're looking at those numbers. That's true. And Apple's known for their huge amount of cash that they have in their balance sheet because of interests are so low and so forth. So it is a big ticket from my perspective. I mean, usually I'm, I'm used to spending about $2 billion per year or so, but $3 billion just uh, is just way too much for me. Yeah, that's about right for you. That's what I would have said too. Another thing is, it's pretty obvious, is they're also making this acquisition for the names involved too, which I think will definitely help. That I mean, that alone could almost justify paying a lot of money for this. Yeah, and they also talk about the streaming service. Uh, I'm not familiar with it, but apparently Beats has some kind of free service, but they've been able to convert a number of their customers to some subscription model. and Right. I think Apple has something similar. So I assume that I think it has more to do with that play as well. Some people are just saying that because Apple has so much cash right now, that this is just one way to bring more attention to innovation that Apple's trying to put themselves more forefront because they've been a little bit slow on the innovation side in the last couple of years. Yeah, that was an interesting note I saw as well that how Beats has been really successful in converting unpaid customers into paid. So doing something right, I guess. I've been told that these Beats headphones are merely just like any other headphones with built-in equalizers or something inside, but from a a technical perspective. I'm not a fan of the headphones that cover the ears. I like as small as possible. I mean, I I guess what are they going to do with these? These are bigger than than the phones that people are going to be plugging them into. It's it's just kind of (laughs) weird. It's true. The worst is you see people working out with these things. You, You see them running down the road and they have these big headphones on. Literally, that's what you saw in the 80s, right? With these big headphones, people running. And now it went small as possible. And now it's going back to big, which is just funny. I'm sure they'll do something very intelligent with these, but it'll, we'll keep an eye on this just to see kind of how, how they change the look of everything changes. Okay, let's get to our question of the day it looks like it's coming from an ad agency in new york city it must be like one of the big ones based on that description it's obvious that it's one of the big ones yeah i mean new york city i mean there's there can only be like i was trying to think of an ad agency i can't think of one yeah i'm not sure either should i give some of my employees a corporate credit card that's it all right let's see i was thinking about this question and one of the issues is what if one of your employees misuses one of the credit cards and so forth and what you can do about that. You're basically entrusting your employee to do that. And there's ways to, you can make an agreement saying that they won't do that. And if they do, maybe garnish their wages and so forth. But that might be an issue in certain states, especially in New York. So you're definitely taking a risk, but it's the same thing, I suppose, of giving them cash, except in a credit card, you can track every dollar and where it's going to. And yeah, that's a really good point. If you gave them cash, you have no idea what they're spending it on unless they bring receipts back. And even then, it's that's so much more difficult to track than just a credit card where everything's itemized out on a statement. But I think the answer to this is pretty simple. It's just give it to the... If you're going to do it, if you've decided to do it, give it to the employees that you trust to make the right decision. So you're talking more people towards the top of the company. I want to just hand it out to random people, but... I guess it can trickle down as well. You give it out. Uh, if you guys have people out on the streets trying to make sales or taking people to lunch, you know, maybe it might make sense. But at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to it's got to be someone you trust, no matter who they are in the company. Yeah. And something to keep in mind with the business corporate cards is that depending upon the number of employees, and I, and I can't remember exactly, I want to say 10, 
as consumers, when there's some kind of unauthorized use of our credit cards, we're protected, right? I think it's up to $50 or so. But with business cards, if you agree by contract, then that's not the case. And then on top of that, if you give these cards to like 10 employees or so, I think the number is 10, then those protections go away, but you cannot go after your employee for basically, let's say they lose the card and because they lost the card, that all of a sudden thousands of dollars of charges go on your card and somehow your company is held liable for that. You can't by law go after the employee. I think that there's a limit, this basically the same limit that you would be responsible as an individual in a consumer sense is a limit of your liability. It's kind of a very subtle issue, but that's something to keep in mind that it's not just as simple as giving out a credit card. There's possibilities of liability because of those consumer protections are not there. Right. And I think too, it should be said that no matter who has the credit card or credit cards, make sure they're doing business expenses and not anything that might blur the lines of personal. That's true. And keep your receipts. Keep your receipt. Just another tidbit there. (laughs) That's your tax preparer recommendation, I guess. That's probably the worst rule. I hate doing that because I prefer just to throw away receipts and it's on the credit card statement, but anyway. I used to take receipts for everything, and then after a while, more recently, I just started thinking, you know, why Why am I even doing... And for business stuff, that's different, but I'm just thinking in general, why am I even doing this? I just take it home, put it on my desk, look at it, and then eventually shred it. <laughs> so like, what? I'll just save them the hassle and yeah. and, and stop you, there. You shred your receipts? Yeah, I shred... That's interesting. I shred most stuff just because it's... I don't know. I get you just like shredding or... Um, I, I, I'm very, I, I have an accounting background. I don't know. I, I'm concerned about. Uh, that's true. <laughs> well, what's interesting is like, depending upon your shredder, your, the receipt will be split up into like, I don't know what, three pieces or so <laughs> because it's so small. Well, not if you shred them the opposite way. So if you put the long ways towards the shredder. Oh no, you can't do that. No, that's, that's too reasonable. Yeah. I also just shred everything and then light it on fire. So I don't know why I shred it first, but <laughs> like I said, you just like the shredder. All right. Well, that's our episode. I, we answered the question right before we, we end it. Uh, I guess the answer is yes, I suppose. To the- <laughs> yeah. I mean, the actual question is kind of hard, but yeah, I guess we'll just, we should have just said yes. Yeah. Should we, you should have just yes and ended it. We'll do an episode of uh, lightning round questions where we just do yes or no for like 50 questions. And that's the episode. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. I like that idea. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.